This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. The church I served in Columbus for 18 years often went to a mission, a street mission in downtown Columbus called Faith Mission. I understand it's still there. One of the workers was telling me an unpleasant detail, but I I need to tell you this unpleasant detail because it illustrates perfectly what the Apostle Paul is saying today. He said some people come to the mission at that time with clothes that they didn't wear for days or weeks. They wore for months, never changed. Literally for months, six months, nine months, a year. And so the workers at the mission would tell them oftentimes, look, we're happy to help you, we're happy to serve you, but we've got a special room for men, a special room for women. We want you to take those clothes off. And there's a garbage bag in there. We want you to throw them in the garbage bag, and we're going to give you new clothes to wear. Take a shower there. There's privacy for them. And it was amazing, the worker said, to see people who came into the mission wearing clothes maybe for six months without ever taking them off, having a new look for them. Having a new look for them in terms of the way they felt. And he said, the worker told me, he said, it did things for their smile. They were glad to have a new look. And I'm not going to go into the psychological reasons of all that, but I tell you that story for this reason. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Ephesus, he said, you need a new wardrobe. You need to put off your old self and you need to put on your new self in Christ Jesus. And it's a great illustration because today what he's going to tell you and tell me are the things that need to come out of your life and my life when we claim to follow Christ. We're reading Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 22. I think my version matches the version that's on the screen, so I'm going to read it from my Bible today. Here it goes, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now here's the first thing he says you've got to do. Therefore, because of what I just said, each one of you must put off falsehood, lying, and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Can you believe the first thing he said? Stop lying. Stop lying to one another. In your anger... Do not sin. The second thing, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Can I just interrupt there? What's interesting? What's the proof that a thief is no longer a thief? You say, well, he's not stealing anymore. No, that's not the proof. The proof was that he or she was giving to people, giving to others. That was proof in the mind of God that a person was not stealing any longer. Verse 29, which by the way, one psychologist told me, he said, this is the verse I wish I could share with every patient. 
is verse 29. Isn't that interesting? Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Well, when we continue this tomorrow, you're going to hear one of the most powerful statements in all of the Bible tomorrow on Crossope. That's crossope.org. Now, a very strong statement, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Why is it that the Apostle Paul says you've got to put off the old and put on the new, and he begins with verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Why does he say that? It all starts with the way you think. Two psychologists years ago, Sam Yokelson and Sam Samenow, criminals are criminals because of the way they think. Isn't that interesting? Criminals are criminals because of the way they think. They said there's a criminal personality. And isn't it interesting, the first thing, actually, that Paul says, you need a new attitude. You need a new attitude in verse 23 to be made new in the attitude of your minds. I was doing some research on that about people having a need for new thinking, new minds, and found Jonathan Haidt, who's a world-renowned social psychologist who specializes in moral theory. And he said something I'd never heard before. He said, before people make changes in their beliefs, they have to want to believe something. Before they change, they have to have the desire to want to believe something. He said that applies spiritually. When a man or woman is thinking about believing in Jesus Christ, there's part of them that says, I do want to believe this. I do want to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I do want to believe that He died on the cross for my sins. There's the desire to have that belief. Here's my question. If that's true, is it possible you believe what you believe because that's what you want to believe? Did you hear what I said? People believe what they want to believe. According to Dr. Jonathan Haidt, people believe what they desire, what they desire to believe. Well, let's look at some of the things that are mentioned today that are powerful. Verse 25, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Truth-telling is a measure of a relationship with the Lord. You say, why is that? Were all the people in Ephesus lying to one another? Yes. People don't tell the truth. From everything and how they're feeling to just common occurrences and interaction with other people. And I find it interesting that the most important thing to start with in a marriage, in a family, with parents and children, grandchildren, is there truth-telling? That's a good question to ask. Are we telling the truth to one another? Are we honest in our dealings with each other? Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Why? because we're all members of the same body. 
What would happen if your foot decided to lie to the brain about something going on in the foot? What would happen if your right hand decided to lie to the brain and tell your brain that something was going on that wasn't going? You say, it doesn't make sense because it's the same body. You get the point? We're a part of the same body in Christ. And it may surprise you, but part of being new in the attitude of your minds means getting rid of lying. Well, tomorrow on Cross Hope, we talk about the word anger, which has more power in your life than you and I both are willing to admit it. Tomorrow on CrossHope.org. The second thing is anger. In your anger, verse 26, do not sin. Isn't that interesting? Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And verse 27, and don't give the devil a foothold. I've been on the radio now for 38 years. December 31st, it'll be 38 years. The one sermon that I can point to in 38 years that was most requested more than any other sermon, get this, was a sermon on anger from James 1. Where James says, don't let anger rule your life because that anger doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. Isn't that interesting? That would be the number one message in 38 years of people listening. What does that say to me? It says people are angry. And James says, your anger does not produce, bring about, or manifest the life that God desires, what does it bring about? The unrighteous life that Satan desires. Now, I'm just going to do a personal experiment. It's private. You don't have to answer out loud. But I want you to think of just in your own life, the negative effects of anger from other people toward you or your anger towards somebody else. Did it bring about the righteous life that God desires? No. Chances are it didn't. Anger can be legitimate. There can be a righteous anger, a godly anger, where we're angry for the sake of Christ. That's different. We're not getting into that today. Because most of the anger in your life and in my life is not the anger that leads to righteousness. It's the anger that leads to the unrighteous life that Satan desires. I really believe that. I found that the third thing that's mentioned is stealing. That is intriguing to me. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, verse 28, but must work doing something useful with his own hands. Did that mean that these people at Ephesus were a bunch of little thieves? No, it just meant they were thieves. They weren't little thieves. They were thieves. What's my point is that thievery has been common in culture for years and for generations and for thousands. For millennia, thousands of years. Paul says, first of all, tell the truth. Secondly, deal with your anger. And thirdly, stop stealing. And then I want to talk about that fourth thing that I told you a psychologist told me. He said, if there's one verse of Scripture, one verse of Scripture that I could share with all my patients, here's what it would be. Verse 29, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 
Now, I really thought that through. Why would a counselor, a psychologist, say I'd share verse 29? I'll tell you why. Because in his practice, he saw so many people who were living with the results of unwholesome talk being spoken to them and spoken from them. You say, what's unwholesome talk mean? You know what it means. I don't have to diagram it for you. I don't have to explain it. I'm amazed that people say, well, what does that mean? They know what it means. Unwholesome talk means talk that violates the will and word of God. Talk that attacks, talk that is sensual, has nothing to do with the basis of of real life in terms of blessing people. Well, I wish I could tell you this passage lightens up. It doesn't. It gets stronger from here. We'll continue tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. One word, CrossHope.org. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if my memory is correct, said this. He said, my only ministry in the prison camp were my words. They wouldn't let me preach. They wouldn't let me give communion to people. She said, my ministry to people inside the concentration camp was words. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. Most of the ministry you do is with your words. Can be. You can be a blessing to people. Have you ever talked to somebody and you you came away from a conversation and said, you know, that woman, that man, they blessed me. That person, and they talked to me, there was something about the conversation that blessed me. What were they doing? They were building others up and according to their needs. Well, let me ask you this. Put off your old self. Speak the truth, first of all. In your anger, don't sin. Thirdly, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. Fourthly, don't let any other unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful. And then five, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What's it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, I'll tell you one thing it means. You don't grieve an it. Did you hear me? You don't grieve an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. You grieve a person. And let me ask you this. Has anyone said anything to you, say in the last year, in 2020, that has grieved your spirit, has wounded you? That's what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. means to wound. And then the sixth thing is really a blanket statement, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I want to talk about those words very briefly, very quickly. Bitterness doesn't start out as sin, but it always ends up that way. Some of you didn't hear that. I'm going to say that again. Bitterness doesn't start out as sin, but it always ends up that way. Bitterness is a wounded heart and a wounded spirit where you have been hurt. Another issue comes out of it, and that's your bitterness. Rage is the word thumos. It's the exploding kind of anger. The word anger is the word orge, O-R-G-E with a, a marking, a hashtag over it. And it means a different kind of anger, a slow burning type of anger. So there's rage, explosive anger, and then regular anger, which is slow burning. 
brawling and slander. I was wondering about brawling. What does that mean? Was he talking about people fighting in a bar? You know, they get drunk and they brawl? No. It's people who want to involve other people in their issues. Hey, come over here. I want to tell you about what my brother did. Did you hear what my sister did to me? Did I tell you what my dad or my mom did or my son? And brawling is, is where you want to share the conflict. You want other people to be involved in the conflict. And so that's a little different than just talking to one another. That's what brawling means. And slander means speech that injures. Every form of malice, that's ill will toward other people. And then I've saved everything for the last. You know what's coming here. The big close conclusion is verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, I really mean it when I'm asking you to listen to the conclusion tomorrow on Crossope. That's crossope.org. The most Christ-like thing that you will ever do, that I will ever do in my life, you ready? Is forgive. The most Christ-like thing that you will ever do, you ever have done, you ever will do, is to forgive. And that's true for me as well. Some of you are familiar with an author years ago. It's been a long time since I've read his stuff. Richard Wormbrand, W-U-R-M-B-R-A-N-D. He was a a person who suffered for Christ. He tells the story of a man named Dimitri who was in prison in Romania. Now, this is pretty graphic, but I'm going to tell it. He was beaten with a hammer, paralyzing him, making him a quadriplegic. The other prisoners cared for him as best they could without access to running water or good facilities. But Dimitri suffered tremendously because of his beatings. Eventually, he was freed from prison and returned home to his family. Now, I want to pick up the story from there. He's been in prison, beaten with a hammer, left paralyzed, a quadriplegic. He said, one day, somebody knocked at his door. It was the guard who had crippled him. He said, sir, please don't believe that I've come to ask the forgiveness from you. For what I have done, there is no forgiveness, not on earth or in heaven. You are not the only one I tortured like this. You cannot forgive me. Nobody can forgive me. Not even God can forgive me. My crime is much too great. I have come only to tell you that I am sorry for what I have done. And from you, listen to what he said he was going to do. I don't know if he did or not. He said, from you, I go to hang myself. After I leave here, I'm going to hang myself. That's all. He turned to leave. The paralyzed brother Dimitri said to him, Sir, in all these years, I have not been sorry as I am now that I cannot move my arms. I would like to stretch them out so I can embrace you. For years, I have prayed for you every day. I love you with all my heart. You are forgiven. I love you with all my heart. You are forgiven. When I read Dimitri's story, I think of the stuff in my life, and I want you to think about the stuff in your life where you said, I'll never forgive her. I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive them. 
You've said it. I have said it. We all have said it. I want you to think about Dimitri. Think about a man that is paralyzed, and the guy who beat him with the hammer comes to his front door years later and says, I know you can't forgive me. I know God can't forgive me. I'm just going to tell you I'm sorry, and I leave here to go hang myself. And Dimitri was able to share with him by the grace of God, I've been praying for you. All these years I've been out of the concentration camp. I've been praying for you. This is the most important thing I'm going to say right now at the end. Here it is. You didn't hear anything else I said. This is what I want you to go home with. The reason we forgive people is not because they deserve it, but because Christ commands it. Please get it out of your head and out of your mind, and I need to get it out of my head and my mind, that the reason we forgive is because we're such great people. It has nothing to do with you or me. It has everything to do with the grace of God. Forgive, Paul said, just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, I have a feeling that God is speaking to somebody listening today. You're in the car, you're at home, you may be at work, whatever the case may be. The Lord's speaking to you to forgive. Let him talk to you right now. Crosshope.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.